I don't know. I want to say it was like uh, three months. Well, probably like a year ago. <laughs> three months to a year. <laughs> three months to a year ago. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> I was I was talking to an author online and uh, came to the discovery. Okay, that this particular person and a lot of people, as it turns out, have an inner monologue throughout the day. Like, do you, and, and you're one of those people, right, Selena? I guess. I mean, it, it's not constant, but I am thinking things. And that was mind blowing to me. Is that that because I've never in my life that I can remember woken up and had like a conscious stream of inner monologue like I need to do this today or I'm <laughs> this is the thing that I'm about to do opposites or, tracked my love opposites tracked I've never had that and so and, and instead so I and we've that's been a discovery thing for you and I because of of how we process information differently it's and so- for me I think in terms of like nodes and webs and relationships of information and, mm-hmm. and ideas. But I don't think in those things in a linear way. It's like a it's like a an interconnected web. Well, it just makes you have to learn everything about something before you can. I can't yeah, like speaking, put it together. So for for example, speaking in, in public, I'm a I'm a train wreck most of the times because I can think of all the little, uh, like if I, I don't know what I'm going to say when I go into it because I'm like, <laughs> which I'm like, huh? <laughs> and you, and, and you're really good in that instance because you think linearly, you don't feel like you have to go on rabbit trails. This is a struggle of mine. So the whole reason we're talking about this little instance in our own relationship, this revelation is because it's taught. I've learned how to articulate and think and express feelings in a more, uh, I think faithful way in a more accurate, efficient, yeah. clear, efficient way. Mm-hmm. And that is the other side of communication. (laughs) Like, we've talked a lot about listening up to this point. And this episode is all about talking. Learn how to talk good. (laughs) Learn how to talk good. It'll be a good episode. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage. Sex. Communication. Finances. Priorities. Purpose. And everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. It's definitely been a journey and taken us a lot of time to be able to, I think, communicate efficiently. And efficiently, that's an interesting word choice. but Well, because I think we can, I can tend to say a lot of things and dance around and then that sort of hits and I'm like, yep, that's the one I want to stick, you know? And hmm. so knowing <laughs> yeah. you, knowing the tones you like to hear or not, don't like to <laughs> it's hear. Not about, it's about expressing what you're trying to I express. Know, but I can't. You have a hard time what detaching I feel, that from how it's going to land. And what I want to express is hard to make you feel and understand and experience it the way I'm feeling, right? Because we all process stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, no, okay. Differently. <laughs> this is if loaded. I, this if is I loaded. Love strawberry ice cream so much, and then I try to like tell you about it to help you experience it the way, and you just don't love strawberry ice cream. No, I love I love strawberry ice cream. I know what you are you do. About? It's hard. It's a hard analogy. <laughs> Continue. No, because you. This is the difference, right? Because you and we. People will get on us all the time because, Ryan, why don't you just let Selena say what she's going to say <laughs> and just let it be what it is. And I don't disagree with that. The thing is, is I live with the, Selena <laughs> and we spend almost every minute of every day together. You live with the Selena. I live with, I live with the Selena. <laughs> and you will, oftentimes you'll say something, but 
the thing that you're saying is preloaded in your mind by 20 other things. And so you'll you'll switch topics of conversation right in the middle of when we're talking. And I'm like, excuse me, what are you talking you about? You just got to keep up. And so I've learned that I have to, in my own mind, I have to say, okay, what you mean is this. And, yes. and, and, and by doing that, I, like I feel like I'm that. able to draw the, the, the more clear, and I'm using this word intentionally, faithful meaning yeah. from what you're trying to say. I love that you're using the word faithful to communicate. I'm using the word efficient. <laughs> well, because that's what it's all about. I don't know if that's about. just the season that we're in or whatever. Yeah. Anyways. So like fidelity, like fidelity in the words that we choose. Are we, are we choosing them accurately to convey accurately what we're trying to actually say? Right. And that is what this episode is. So just a quick recap of the last uh, few weeks on the episode of the, of the podcast, uh, we've talked through kind of the nature of communication, the biblical mandate for it, and like the gift that it is. That was the first mm-hmm. one. That would have been four, four weeks ago. Then we talked through uh, how to talk about sex. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the reason for that was it's, it's continually a hard topic for couples to approach without being defensive uh, and do so productively. So we talked specifically about that. Then we talked about selective hearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked about three ways that and depths of selective selective hearing, uh, and then last week we talked about uh, active listening, mm-hmm. which was going taking the selective hearing thing and just like flipping the script on its head. Say now it's not just about uh, hearing everything, but it's about getting more from the conversation and mm. and by by listening more actively. And so today we're on the other side of that conversation. Now we're okay. talking more actively. How to speak with with clarity. Fidelity, and as Selena would say, efficiency. <laughs> well, okay. I'm reading, was I was reading through Job and Romans in my reading plan and Philippians. So I don't mm-hmm. remember totally where this falls. But, oh, I was in Ecclesiastes. All the words that we tend to say, right? And and there's just this warning about words. Let, there, let it not just flow out of you, but let your words be few and intentional. Hmm. Um, Interesting. It's very convicting and instructive. Maybe that's where the efficiency thing's coming Probably. from. Probably. <laughs> Just let them be few. Fewer words. Few. At more. least for me. I think I have too many words. More words per... I do have three girls that talk at me all day, so... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, my life <laughs> is full of words. <laughs> and, and they're not my words. you are a blessed man. You talk more than you think. Anyways... Yeah. Well, I've learned, as we'll talk about today, uh, we're actually going to get into, um, this is just a quick overview, so that's where we've been, here's where we're headed. Uh, we're going to talk through kind of uh, what the big underlying truth is to uh, to uh, speaking, like knowing what I mean, like the emotional intelligence, mm. emotional maturity, knowing what I mean what I actually feel, and then being able to articulate what I actually feel. What's the underlying truth well, there? The- is that is that a worthy pursuit? Yeah. And knowing yourself to that extent. And I, I think we can make a case that it, that it is, biblically speaking, not just pop psychology. Everybody in the world would say, yes, know yourself, like speak your truth. That's not what we're saying. No. Uh, we're saying, how do we know our true selves in light of the gospel? How do we speak that that truth, not our truth, but the truth, yes. capital T truth, in a way that's loving? Uh, we'll get into some really tangible tools uh, and well, ask some more questions, excuse me. Like, why do our emotions exist? What is EQ? How do we improve it? Uh, <laughs> Diving deep here. And then we get into some tools that I think you'll find very helpful, uh, especially when you, we, you're you kind of navigating this water, trying to look at and identify and articulate uh, how you're feeling. All right. So uh, really quickly, we'd be remiss if we didn't do this, but here's our housekeeping. If you haven't yet, please do leave a rating and a review. That helps most of the time. For every 10 reviews that are encouraging, there's one that's just just uh, demolishes my... Um, <laughs> 
fine. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's, I don't take it personally at all. <laughs> it's totally fine. Babe, uh, your no. identity is anchored in Christ. You know what? I've actually learned. I have learned that. It oh. is helpful to have some harsh words spoken at us. After four years of doing the podcast um, and everybody listening to the first episodes, mostly. <laughs> I think we should take some of those down. No. <laughs> I think we might need to systematically go through and like, re-record them in yeah. a way that's yeah. uh, maybe more helpful. But the people who do listen to those and they're like, these people are, they're not that good at this. <laughs> and I'm like, go like, go to the, not that we're great at it, but anyway. Well, if you do something a lot, you have to, by nature, improve. You would hope so. You would, we, we would hope so. <laughs> we may or may not be proof of that. I think we tried hypothesis. to listen to our first episode and we were like, ooh. <laughs> yep. But that's the nature of things. So you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, uh, ratings and reviews are helpful. Uh, or if you want to join our Patreon community, go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. Uh, do that um, if God is leading you. We ask that you pray that if, if you feel that prompting here, we just ask that you pray about it. Ask God, hey, should I support Ryan and Selena, should I support, should our family support the Fredericks? Should we support Fierce Families, the Fierce Marriage Ministry? Mm. And if God says, you know what, that might be a good idea, then we just ask that you do it. <laughs> that's all. You guys are in agreement on it. Of so, course. And I don't mean to say that in a way that's manipulative, but just honestly, that's what we want. We want people who are on mission because the Lord has led them there. Yeah. Uh, and that's it. Go to patreon.com slash fierce marriage. There's lots of free stuff, by the way. Good stuff. Just say that quietly. Including <laughs> enrollment in gospelcenteredmarriage.com. Oh. Anyway, um, okay. All right. So, what is the big? Um, well, here, here's the big problem here. Okay. Right, did you want to jump in on that? No, I think you should say the problem because when we were talking about it, I was like, "Oh, it's this," and you're like, "No, not at all." <laughs> okay. like, well, you were you okay? were touching on some things, but I, I was I was this is in our pre-show banter, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I was trying to get a little bit deeper. So, yes. what you were saying is true, but I was trying to go m- more. It's fine. The rejection is real. <laughs> Just go ahead re- and state, state leave a bad the review. No, you have to Ryan. state the problem because I think it definitely is clarifying. Yeah. So the problem here is this is that not everyone is good at identifying and explaining how they feel or what they're going through or well, especially, what's going through their head. Especially to your spouse, because you already feel on the defense because not only are you thinking about how you're going to respond, but you're also thinking about how they're going to respond to your response. <laughs> right. And so. Sure. There's a lot more dynamic. It's, it's not, not just, just your... me saying something. It's me saying yeah, something okay. and dealing with the response of that, of what's said. So it's not in a vacuum. And so that's the, maybe the contaminant here in this, this problem is that people aren't good at identifying and explaining how they feel or what's going through their head because they feel a lot of pressure happening around what they feel. And right. what, so like, um, we did a, a session with a, with a therapist <laughs> on through uh, one of our partners and one of the things that we took away from it uh, was that we tend to have feelings about feelings. Yes. Like, oh, Selena, you feel you feel uh, tired. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, now I feel guilty for, guilty feeling, for tired. feeling tired. I shouldn't feel tired. Now I feel guilty for feeling guilty. I should be a good, I should be a fun mom. <laughs> like, or, you know what I mean? So feelings about feelings, they tend to contaminate things a little bit. Right. And so you have to be really emotionally intelligent, emotionally mature to be able to untangle those things and then kind of put them before your spouse for the purpose of knowing and being known. Right. Well, and also I think, and we'll probably get into this, um, but in light of, you know, a biblical perspective and knowing yourself, it's good to bring those things before God. Not that it surprises him, obviously, um, with our shortcomings or our, our lack of emotional intelligence, but 
asking the Lord, give me wisdom in these areas. Give me guidance and Holy Spirit, lead me in the way of emotional intelligence mm-hmm. because I clearly am not great at it. And how do you know you're not great at it? They Some of the research showed that people who lack emotional intelligence typically like to slam doors or stomp out or scream and yell. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's, that's convicting. But okay. I, well, okay, to be fair, I don't... I can't you remember don't, the last time you've stomped out, slammed the door. I don't stomp, I think. I think I just kind of... really screamed and yelled. I think you feel like your emotions are bigger than they, they, probably, they are. Probably. I hope so. Give me a little bit of the... <laughs> Thank you. A little bit of, yeah, I mean, you're not like this rageahol. No, rageaholic. but sometimes it feels like I don't know what to do when my f- emotions boil that, that Well, I mean, but that's high. natural, right? And that's... And I would... And, not to discount that, but I would say that that's probably some what of it feels. is natural. Yes, but I do everybody think feels there's like some. I'm gr- overwhelmed. I'm in a glass cage of emotion. <laughs> but I do think there is some <laughs> emotional maturity to be gained. I would be yes, for sure. I would not be following. Uh, we need to be fruitful, right? As stewards, as believers, as followers, and disciples of Christ, we are called yeah. to be fruitful. So, how can I be fruitful in my emotional maturity? I guess is like learning to not. Stomp yeah. out. Why? Because okay. there's a better understanding there, right? So there's a lot of stuff on, kind of on the table floating around right now. I like to do that. Uh, and I want to be specific about our scope here today. Now you're talking about handling emotions. And that's a different... I mean, that has to do with emotional maturity, emotional intelligence. And we're, we're trying to say, okay, here's a tool. Emotional intelligence, emotional maturity are skills that can be grown so that you can handle your emotions well. Yes. But the thing we're definitely trying to get to today here is to handle those emotions well and to be able to articulate them mm. to your spouse. So we're, we're kind of on the back end of that emotional maturity, like gotcha. be- benefit cycle. <laughs> if, you, if you're going to go down that so path Selena, of... Selena, just try to keep up. <laughs> no, well, it's fine. I'm just, I want to make sure that we are yeah. sticking within the communication component of this conversation. Yes. Um, so let's, let's, okay, so that's where we're headed. Uh, What's the big underlying truth here? Okay, so emotional maturity, emotional intelligence, those kind of beg this big question of, is it even biblical Hmm. to what we'll say to navel gaze in this way, right? So uh, (laughs) the uh, (laughs) the interesting thing is like we, we, uh, we, so if we think about from a Christian perspective, wasn't it Jesus who said this, whoever finds his life will lose it, whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. So he's talking about like basically self um, disregard. Right, as part of being a Christian, as part of following Define Christ, self disregard. Right, and we'll get there. Okay. We'll get there. Okay. Uh, but I do want to start with this quote this is by John Calvin, smart guy. Uh, he said, <laughs> "Pretty smart guy." He said, "Nearly the whole of sacred doctrine exists in these two parts: knowledge of God and of ourselves." Mm. And surely, what Calvin was getting at with that is this idea that we need God. Right, and that's that's kind of the underlying the that's the theme. That's the no matter how much self exploration we do when it comes to our like moral condition our emotional condition uh just the human condition almost always that will be brought to a, a head at this at, if we're doing it from a biblical standpoint it'll be brought to this conclusion that we need god and we don't have him gotcha because we're we we are not god he is holy we are not i think that's what calvin was getting at but I do want to look a little bit um, more into what that that could mean, and, and especially in light of what some of the scriptures we read. So, uh, 
there's a few more questions that would come to mind. So I, I mentioned the, the verse from Matthew ten thirty nine: whoever finds his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Um, there's a few more. It says why? Why? So this is. Uh, by the way, these these are coming from our book called See Through Marriage. I'm I'm looking primarily at chapter five here. Another one says, uh, "Isn't love supposed to be selfless?" All right, look at First Corinthians thirteen. So, if I'm gonna be a good spouse, um, thinking about loving you well, isn't love supposed to be selfless? So how can I look at myself and examine myself if I'm supposed to be more selfless? Hmm. Another one is um, Philippians two verses three and four, which. Um, Tells us that we'd put the needs of others ahead of our own. Right. So you're saying these are these are things that would kind of cause us to pause from a perspective of a biblical perspective. Uh, we, it might, they might, and I, what we're trying to do is is kind of get underneath the surface here. And the final example is if we are called to live as living sacrifices, that's Romans twelve one, dying to ourselves continually. How can we spend even an iota of time focusing on self knowledge? Right. Right. If we're supposed to die to ourselves, be living sacrifices. So there's a little bit of a counterintuitive piece here, right? And so, well, and I, you know, I just, I think, and we wrote in here too, that personal growth is good, but it's not ultimate. I think that's kind of where we have to Mm -hmm. pause and examine because we are called to bear fruit. And so bearing fruit requires growth. Um, growth can't happen without, you know, a somewhat of knowing, knowing that I am not the vine, right? Yes. So I have to know that I'm not the and vine. That, that I require self-knowledge to come to that conclusion. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think from a Christian perspective, and this is where we want to be really careful on this, and we may, may or may not need to convince our listeners of this. I do want to kind of gloss over that a little bit, but... The bottom line is this, what we discovered in our research, if you want to read more on it, just check out See Through Marriage on Amazon. It's our latest book. Uh, Here's the bottom line. As Christians, we're called to deny ourselves, but not to be ignorant of ourselves. And and kind of the where that leads us is that much of seeing God's bigness depends on seeing our own smallness. Mm. Understanding God's holiness hinges on grasping and grappling with our own sinfulness. Accurately perceiving God's limitlessness brings our own limits sharply into focus. And I think I'll finish it with this. The difference between God's call to self-knowledge and the world's is a matter of motivation or centrality. Hmm. The world's call to self-knowledge is self-centered, whereas the biblical call to self-knowledge is Christ-centered. Self-knowledge that leads to pride and self-worship is self-centered. Self-knowledge that leads to humbleness and God-worship is Christ-centered. And that is the full distinction there. So, yes, we there is merit to uh, knowing ourselves to to ask our like to learn mm-hmm. about ourselves, our own feelings, our own the way we process things, the way we're wired uh, psychologically, mm-hmm. physiologically, emotionally. So long as they do not become paramount in our lives, they right. are tools. The, that pursuit is a pursuit in light of a greater pursuit, and that is to glorify, honor, and know and. God himself. Right. It's almost, I would almost use the word submitted under the greater pursuit. Love it. That's really cool. Okay. So that's kind of the big underlying truth is that it's biblical. Yes. To know ourselves so long as it is a means to a greater end of knowing, worshiping God even more fully. Mm. Right. So if I know that I have a tendency to be distracted, uh, during prayer, if I have my phone near me, it's glorifying to God if I know, recognize that, and act on it in a way right. that puts my phone away right. so that I can now pray to God more more uh, wholeheartedly. Right. Right. So that's just one example. Right. Yeah. 
Okay. So, so how does this fit into um, kind of our personal expression in marriage? What? How does how does knowing ourselves hmm. and dying to ourselves uh, lend itself to us being able to communicate what we're feeling or what we're dealing with to our spouse yeah. in those heated kind of moments, or even in the everyday? Sometimes I think we just exist and few words are spoken and we don't really know how mm-hmm. to process what's going on so we'd rather just kind of maintain yeah. the peace and not yeah. dive deeper when i think there's there can be a conviction there yeah so you're asking self-knowledge what what role does that play in personal expression per, personal and, and therefore in the health of our marriage right so i mean in so many ways because if I mean, think of a husband. I always think of husbands, right? Because I am one. It's <laughs> <laughs> probably but best. The point is, a lot of the guys I know, um, I think they're pretty, uh, I, the, the, I'd say they're mature, okay? And I'm not trying to throw, this. I put myself in this category, so I'm not trying to throw anyone under the bus to, to any friends who might be listening to this. But I think they're very mature. But most of the men I know, including myself, significantly lack emotional maturity. I know a lot of really intelligent men who who significantly lack in emotional intelligence. Which I think we need to stop and define what emotional intelligence means. Okay. And what, because I think, yeah, it's important to define your terms here. Yeah. Yeah. So I, again, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling from our book here, but um, I'm going to actually make a, a contrast. Okay. Um, so here, I'll, I'll just read a paragraph here. So IQ has to do with intellect. How well one processes information and synthesizes solutions or the ability to know and explain phenomena outside of oneself. Okay, so that's IQ. And this is, this, again, coming from see-through marriage. Mm-hmm. EQ, however, depends to an extent on levels of self-knowledge. So mm-hmm. I'm quoting academics. Uh, now I'm going to go into some academic stuff. So academic John D. Mayer, um, not the singer. <laughs> not John <laughs> I was Mayer. like, this sounds made up. <laughs> and Peter Salovey, I think that's how you say his name, define emotional intelligence like this. They say it's a type of social intelligence that involves the ability to monitor one's own and others' emotions, to discriminate among them, and to use the information to guide one's thinking and actions. Okay, so that's that's how they would define it. And then I go on here. In other words, having a high EQ means being able to decipher feelings in yourself and others while also being able to use what you know for greater relational health. I like to think of it as emotional wisdom. Okay, mm. So emotional intelligence, like, um, it, it's, it's kind of, if you're emotionally intelligent, you'll be able to go into a room and kind of know what buttons you can push in every person to kind of manipulate people in the room, right? Now, emotional maturity would know that that's a bad thing to do. <laughs> okay? There you go. So there's the difference. So an emotionally intelligent husband can manipulate his wife because he knows how she thinks, how she right. feels. How she'll respond to certain, certain things. How she'll respond. An emotionally mature, loving husband would never want to manipulate her. Right. Okay? Right. So that that's why, like, if I don't recognize, even if I'm emotionally intelligent and I don't recognize that I, have an emo- I can be manipulative, then I'm not emotionally mature. I'm not mm. emotionally wise. Right, because some of the markers and characteristics that we've seen in research about emotional te- intelligence is this, this self-awareness and self-regulation, hmm. um, and then knowing your motivation, right? So, like, what would be the motivation for n- manipulation? Obviously not something godly. Right, getting um, what you want out of, you know, out of your spouse. Yeah, objectifying or, or whatever. Yeah. For the wife, 
I think emotional intelligence versus emotional maturity uh, could look like, you know, I, we see the problems with our husbands, right? We see the lack or we see the, gosh, he's just never good at this or whatever. So is this what could maybe and, precipitate nagging in a... Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I, sorry. I'm So no, so the wife is nagging and, and the husband is not hearing cause, cause he just hears nagging and she's like, she's, she's on to something. Right. There is an intel- right. There is an actual truth to what she's right. nagging about, but I guess the emotional maturity side of the wife could say could step take a step back and think, how can I say this in a way that he would hear it better or more clearly? I love that because you think about this communication dynamic. Okay, so we've talked about how being quick to listen. So if the husband is being quick to listen, and the wife is being careful to articulate right. with emotional maturity what she's feeling, seeing, observing, and wanting, right. Then you have this beautiful we like could have a moment of epiphany where yes. we actually communicate well. <laughs> this dance, this dance continue where yeah. you're like, oh wow, he's actually listening. She's actually speaking instead of just nagging and like, and he's walling her off now because right. not that it's all on. It takes no, two. You see, it takes two, and yeah. it's I think again, growing in our emotional maturity is going to take time and repetition, mm-hmm. but understanding where you lack is the perfect place to begin. Mm, growing yeah. in those areas. Yeah. So understanding where you lack, and that's where I think we can spend the rest of our time here because we, we've talked about emotional intelligence a lot. We do have a whole podcast episode on that. So look for that one if you want more on just emotional intelligence, emotional maturity. The reason we're talking about it here is because it's really a key component to identifying what you're feeling and mm-hmm. having the wherewithal to say, I need to communicate what I'm feeling. That's emotional maturity. And so a lot of times you might have a husband or a wife who says, I'm not feeling right. I know I'm not feeling right. I know that I need to communicate how I'm not feeling right in a helpful way, but I wish I kind of knew what exactly didn't feel right. Hmm. Does that make sense? And so uh, there are some tools. and pl- So something's wrong and I don't know how to communicate it. Right. Right. Something is wrong and I can't diagnose it. My stomach hurts. But I couldn't tell you if it's because of lunch, if it's because I got punched in the stomach, or if there's a, you know there's a spear that's been shoved shoved through me, right? So being able to identify what that feeling is is so critical to being able to be known and to connect and communicate. Okay, so again, this is the speaking side of the communication right. equation. So before we go into that, we have some really tangible tools, some feelings charts, and things that I Ugh. think could be really helpful. I, lo- I, know. I, know. I know. I just. I just I hate focusing on feelings because I feel like that's what the whole world focuses on. And I'm just like, how about we focus on Jesus? <laughs> how do we focus on God? Well, how does Jesus make you feel? <laughs> does he make you feel safe, loved, secure, yeah. joyful, happy? Well, are those feelings? <laughs> yes. They okay. Are. Just making you know. So feelings are important is what I'm trying to say. Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I found, <laughs> I found this really helpful article. Uh, um, it's by a... a I'm going to look up his name because I, I want to do the the man justice. He has done a service. His name is Bob, Dr. Bob Kellerman, and he wrote, it's a Christian kind of, um, what does the Bible teach about our emotions? And I found man. five Christ-like criteria for when we express our feelings to others. Okay, so this mm. is these are kind of the ground ground rules for I'm going to now express to my wife how I'm feeling. I can look at these five criteria to see how I might be able to tweak and adjust so that I'm 
loving her more like Christ. Well, and just to read what he wrote real quick, he said, Jesus modeled a cardinal principle of emotional maturity when he purposely expressed his feelings to others in order to minister to them. So there was a ministerial sort of motivation. Yeah. And, so good. And we have to believe, okay, I think we overlooked this, but why did Christ show such emotion sometimes crying, tip, throwing over tables, um, you know, weeping mm. and emoting Mm-hmm. Right. And other times he was so, he wasn't like that. He was so matter of fact. He's mm. like, get up and walk. Right. right. Or you're healed. Or, you know, what, so right. could it be, and this might be his hypothesis, but he has as many pages here, but could it be that Jesus did that specifically with the purpose of ministering? And mm. I, I would argue, yeah, I would probably get on the side of, yeah, of course he's, he's Jesus. Right. Everything he did had a, had a purpose. Everything he, it was <laughs> yes. <It's> purpose. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it's purposeful. Let's look at these five Christ-like criteria. Again, these are for when we express our feelings to others. And again, these are kind of filters to be thinking through as you're getting ready to, to share something, whether it's how you're feeling, uh, just dealing with problems or how you're feeling about your spouse. Um, so number one, we can express our feelings to others when we can answer the question, how will expressing my feelings increase the potential for the other person's growth in Christ? So another, yeah, I was just thinking another way of saying that is how, how will me saying this to my husband help him grow in in Christ? Christ? Yeah. Because sometimes I do think I have that motivation when I'm trying to tell you a truth and you don't want to hear it. (laughs) But that's my problem, right? Right. Well, yes, but I I need to say it. I just don't know. So you're talking about the speaker's role, and my only like argument back is that I don't always think that I can say things in a way that you'll hear it. And I know you would say the same about me. Mm-hmm. That there's, even if I'm like, I'm listening so good right now, my heart is so humble, and I'm trying to hear everything you're saying, <laughs> I will still miss it. Like, I will still not hear yes. what you're trying to say and your motivation. I think that's where some of my anger would set in is because I'm like, I'm trying to help you grow in Christ. <laughs> I don't say those words, but I'm going to start. <laughs> I want to help you grow in Christ. And this is one area that I see you yeah. struggling in. And maybe that's as a speaker, your again, your motivation has to be right. It's this not. So, uh, it's so like you though, because you're already thinking about how the other person's responding as opposed <laughs> to just how you're supposed to talk, how, you, how, how you're, you're best suiting or serving them through talking. Because I, don't that's think your life, well though. on my toes. Well, I'm not. And that's the nature of our communication is I, you're always anticipating. Like you're always playing. Because 3D. I feel like I fail if I don't anticipate. That's funny. You're playing 4D chess and I'm just trying to get the checkerboard set up. <laughs> like <laughs> you're so far emotionally down the line. And I'm just you, so you, mature. You bring something to me and you're anticipating three or four different responses. And I'm just like, what's for dinner? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> I mean, but when it comes to emotional yeah, conversations. Okay. That, I mean. And so you got to be aware of that and know that it's not your job to make someone listen but it is your job if you're communicating to communicate in a in an accurate faithful winsome efficient way right and in a way an emotionally considerate way in a way that will you know ask yourself if i express this is mm-hmm. this something that's going to really help increase their potential for growth in christ mm-hmm. or is this going to hinder it yeah so Good. So that's a good one. Um, and this one, some of these kind of go without saying in marriage, but we'll read through them. Uh, and these are criteria. So we can express our feelings to others when we have previously established a strong relationship with the other person. Now, obviously you're married, so you have a pretty strong relationship with your spouse. 
The point is there might be areas of your marriage where you don't have a strong relationship. Mm. If you're going to talk about your finances or talk about sex, that's a difficult thing to talk about or any area that you typically would just blow up in an argument over. Right. Like that's an area where you don't have a pre previously established strong relationship with them in that area. So it'd be really kind of, we would need to do is probably start learning how to grow and and be stronger in those areas before we're able to communicate our feelings faithfully. I would, I I think it's probably a matter of of, <laughs> of recognizing that, hey, we're weak in this. Ah. So let's get stronger in this. There's a And we can have tougher conversations later on. It's good. Okay. So that, that, You're very emotionally mature. Um, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, right now. <laughs> another criteria is when we believe the person has the emotional maturity to handle and benefit from our sharing. So if you have a strong relationship, you should be able to know if this person, if you're this person, your spouse can handle right. what you're about to share. Yeah. Handle and benefit from yeah. what you're sharing. Now, certainly we're not advocating for the fact that you would hide something because it would hurt them too much or something because that, that tends to lead to, toward living in obscurity, living in darkness. Instead, I'd say um, find a time, mm. the optimal time yeah. to, to give them the best chance of handling it well. Mm. Okay. Again, you don't hide sin. Don't hide behind this. Right. They can't handle it. Lie. That's like classic like drama movie trope like i didn't tell you because i wanted to protect you <laughs> like no just tell him then you can get on with the plot right okay i love that whoever that guy is <laughs> we'll protect you that's my keanu reeves <laughs> i know kung fu <laughs> anyway that's a matrix <laughs> okay well okay number four criteria is when we believe that sharing our feelings has the potential for healing the relationship it's Christ-like th- criteria. Yeah, I do think that a lot of us start out with that intention, um, mm. and then sometimes it just doesn't go as planned. But hmm. I think heading out with that is is always very helpful. And I, I'm sorry, I'm just reading it again and again to say, okay, like Lord, how I would just take that to the Lord, right? When when I'm believing God, if I share these feelings that I hmm. have about whatever it is that I'm dealing with, is this gonna you know, heal our relationship or is this going to start severing even more ties that we're dealing with? And what would be the way to healing in how I can respond and share my feelings? Yeah. I mean, so much of this is, is going to be around the how and not so much the what. Yeah. And I think that's, um, because you don't want to be obscured to your spouse at all. Like there shouldn't be any boundaries that you're not allowed into in your spouse's life and same for them and to yours. And so to me, this is more around how can I do this in a way that's going to be heard? Right. Not how can I filter this truth so that it's not as hurtful? Right. And Um, he, he, Dr. Kellerman says the Bible teaches that mature emotionally, emotion and, sorry, I can't even read the word. (laughs) The Bible teaches that mature emotionality connects our emotions to deeper issues of the heart. Emotional Mm. maturity should permeate every aspect of our new person in Christ. Wow. Wow. Big. It's a good ebook. Uh, we'll probably put a link in it, a link to this little ebook uh, in in the show notes here. The final criteria that he talks to is when we're under control enough to think through the previous criteria, all four that we already read, mm-hmm. when we can govern and manage the expression of our emotions mm. in light of all the previous criteria. So uh, that's interesting. Maturity. So yeah, <laughs> that's that's knowing like, okay, now I'm set up to communicate my emotions in a more Christ-like way. Right. My motivations are centered on, is this going to bring my spouse closer to, to Christ? Is, is it going to bring, bring healing, reconciliation yeah, and healing? To our relationship. Do we have a strong rapport around this topic? Yeah. Yet, if not, how can we build strength 
Yeah. Um, and uh, can am I going to manage my own emotions well? Am right. I am I in a good spot to to articulate myself well? <laughs> um, so I know my argument to that is I always go into things like that, and then <laughs> it just never it doesn't always right end up that way, which is why I anticipate. So then I can know I'm probably going to get upset about this. So when I get upset, here's my tools. <laughs> Sure. You know, so that's why Goose I need I need tools for my anticipation. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about tools because this I found really helpful. And Selena, you kind of you kind of scoff at these. I don't appreciate your, your smudgeness <laughs> around our feelings charts here. All right, these have proven helpful for uh, less emotionally capable people <laughs> like myself. No, seriously, they are really helpful. I'm uh, sure they are. Feelings are very nebulous, right? You just kind of feel what you feel, and they are what they are. But if you can put a name to a feeling, that really helps you identify how can I actually deal with this thing. What? I'm just like, how do you even know that's the right name? Because <laughs> feelings, you say they're so nebulous. I okay. just think, I'm just like, does it really have to be this complicated? But Okay, okay. Just let just me explain me. this chart. All right. Okay, so this particular chart um, is actually, it comes from somebody who's a writer of fiction. And they use this this chart to articulate the base core emotions in different ways than just the obvious way. So like if you had a book where the person, the, the protagonist is running around, they're doing whatever the plot is. And it's just like, so-and-so was happy. Then they went, this happened and now yeah, they're sad. I wouldn't want to read that. Book. And now they're angry. Right. Um, no, you would want some more colorful language, more descriptive language, mm. more helpful language that, you know, it speaks to a human condition right. it, and that's why you're able to connect with writing because the writer is good at connecting your emotions with the protagonist right it's true um and with the plot and with there's high stakes and you want them to succeed and, and you want questions you want, and there's un, there's unanswered questions yeah, and there's a villain and you want the villain to fail and you want them to get whatever they're going for uh, that's what a good story is all about so let's take that same attitude toward this like okay i want my i'm spouse, buying in okay i want my spouse to succeed <laughs> i want her to hear my heart. I want to hear her heart. Mm. I want like the villain in this is the obscurity that we've experienced by not communicating. So let's slay that dragon together Mm -hmm. so that we can know one another. And so here's the way that they, there's five core emotions. Okay. And each one then grows from in intensity from low to medium to high. Mm -hmm. Okay. The five core emotions are this happy, sad, angry, afraid, and ashamed. Okay. Sorry. I'm just thinking of the inside out movie. With disgust, <laughs> disgust sadness, there. and there are different versions of this. We're just going. We're running with this particular one because I found it helpful. Happy, sad, angry, afraid, and ashamed. Okay, so if you're sitting down, you're saying, "I need to. I need to communicate something. Something is not right. Mm. There is, there is unrest in my heart. I need to talk to my spouse. Am I happy, sad, angry, afraid, or ashamed? Okay, it's usually a mix, right? Yeah. Well, then there are other charts that help you Still mix them down together. To, yeah. Well, the, the, so I would say, okay, I'm actually like, I'm afraid right now. Okay. okay. Is it an intense, then you, then you look at the intensity. Okay. Am I, am I low afraid, medium afraid or high afraid? So high afraid would be like terrified, shocked, panicky. Medium would be, um, frightened or insecure, threatened. uneasy. Yes. And then low is just what? Anxious, not just, sorry. Unsure. Nervous. Timid, worried. worried. Yeah. So cautious. what is it? And I can see how that would be helpful. Like. How afraid are you? Because I think oftentimes I bring you my fears and you're just like, well, you answer it at a high level and I'm like, no, I'm just at a low level or I'm at a high level and you answer and respond out of a low level, right? Okay. So from a biblical standpoint, 
if I, if you come to me and say, I'm feeling afraid or I, I come to you and you, we, we recognize that <laughs> you're feeling afraid. I'll protect you. <laughs> okay. But now, you know, like fear is the thing you're fighting. Yes. You're not fighting shame. You're not fi- fighting sorrow. You're, you're fighting, fighting each other. fear. Yeah. That to me is powerful. Okay. To be able to put a word to it and then start battle against it together. Right. With right? scripture. And so it takes a certain level of emotional <laughs> intelligence and maturity to be able to say, I feel afraid. I feel anxious. I feel sad. I feel cautious, nervous, threatened, right. frightened, apprehend. And here's why I feel apprehensive. At work, my boss said this thing. I read into it and he. it seemed like that my job isn't as secure as it, as it was right. last week. Right. I'm apprehensive. Now you're dealing with fear around work. Right. Okay, now you can talk about how God clothes the lilies of the fields and gives the the birds a place to lay their heads. And right. He takes care of, you know, that to me is such a powerful revelation. So another, let's use another example. Amen. So I'll oftentimes, I, I have a melancholy side. I think I have a kind of a, um, I, I, I go in kind of shifts. There's times when I feel more of a darkness. Okay. I won't say I get depressed because I feel like that's a really big word. And a lot of people feel very big emotions around it. So I don't want to discount that. But I'll be like, I'll just have this unrest in my heart and um, I don't know what it is. It's just, I don't feel good. I don't want to hang out with the girls. I don't want to deal with my family. <laughs> Sorry. You sound like, Oh, a girl. Like I don't want to hang out with the <laughs> <My> girls. <daughters. laughs> I don't want to go out with the ladies. <laughs> ladies night's not for me. You, I don't want you to go out with the ladies. <laughs> uh, and I don't know why. Okay. And so I could look at this chart and say, okay, I'm feeling sad. All right. Am I just unhappy, moody? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. I'm just so moody right now. <laughs> Selena, I'm just feeling blue. Oh, man. People, if you knew how moody he was. I'm, I'm not that moody. <laughs> <laughs> Shots fired. All right. I will not return them because I'm emotionally mature and I know that's a fruitless endeavor. <laughs> and thus I slightly returned it. Okay. Uh, heartbroken is one of them. Let down. I think let down or melancholy. Yeah. For my sadness, just kind of feeling like, what's the point of life? And it all feels meaningless. I'll go read Ecclesiastes and then come back and feel better. So then my response is, hi, right? I respond to to things that I think are, you're telling me that you're feeling, you know. Melancholy. Melancholy. And I, I can interpret that, unfortunately, sometimes as like, he's highly, his intense, these are intense feelings. Yeah. He's feeling his sadness he's is depression, hopeless, or he's he's alone he is, and hurt yes. and dejected, he's miserable. And yes. when the truth is that you're not to that level yet, yeah. And and so now I need to whoa. Okay, let's take a step back here. I'm trying to hear you. I'm trying to be understand where you're at, like so I can better support mm. you. I can help you grow in Christ in this area. We can reconcile and have healing together in this area. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's exactly what happened. The other time, a couple of yeah. episodes back, is I was responding. You were th- you were hearing me say I'm miserable, and hopeless, and I'm saying no, I just I'm feeling moody, <laughs> just feeling nope. a little blue. You got to give me the medium. <laughs> it definitely was not that. Yeah, so you can see again how this is so powerful because if you know that I'm somewhere in this sad column, yeah. That, okay, let's talk about the joy of the Lord. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Yeah. Let's talk about how good he is. Let's talk about all he's done. Right. Let's talk about the opposite things that of sadness. Let's talk about the ultimate joy we have, right? Well, and how can, how, I don't want to, you know, you don't want to dismiss and stuff the feelings, right? Or be, mm-hmm. like, it's okay to be sad. I think giving each other permission to 
have those emotions, right. but also like you're saying, and maybe, maybe you are saying this and I'm just trying to draw it out a little bit of, you feel sad. Identifying the, the emotion is not. Being sad is, is hard. Yeah. It's frustrating. I'm sorry. Like, yes, it's okay to feel sad. I will sit here and with you and feel sad, mm. you know, for a duration or whatever. But also in our sadness, let's lift our eyes. Like, let's right. remember right. who our hope is, is in, where our eternity lies, that getting that, that heavenly perspective mm-hmm. of life on earth you know the reality that we are living in is not the reality of the unbeliever so so that's where the we ha- last we can have hope yes and that's where the last four communication episodes were at it's like if you're hearing something like listen yeah hear what your spouse is saying mm-hmm. respond out of that not just well don't be sad right you're fine like be good like here's a right, verse right. here's the verse here's a verse no like that's that's the other four episodes is like yeah. this is how you listen yeah. and we're trying to say now how do you communicate so that when your spouse listens, they're hearing what's actually in there. Mm-hmm. That's the, yeah. so I want to do one more of these columns because I, f- I think this one's really helpful for married couples and it's ashamed. Remember there's five core emotions here, happy, sad, angry, afraid, and ashamed. Okay. So on the low end of the ashamed feelings spectrum. Okay. I think of our, our, our um, middle daughter, whenever she's kind of feeling ashamed in a light way, like usually she's got to do presentation at school or something or yeah. she's. You're asking her questions. She's supposed to know the answer, but she doesn't. So she, she'll silly. get silly. Yeah. And that's on the very bottom of this. All the way up to um, uncomfortable or regretful and bashful. That's on the low end. Uh, and the medium side of ashamed is um, secretive, hmm. guilty, sneaky, unworthy. Okay. Think about the implications of that feeling yeah. when you're a husband or I your think, wife. I think I, I can definitely, well, it says apologetic the last, that yeah. last one. I'm like, I'm yeah. always apologetic. You just told me last week, like you're always apologizing for things. <laughs> and you were like, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think there is just, there is a bout of shame there and I don't, I may not understand all of it. It just feels, mm. yeah, I guess find yeah. your little chart worked. <laughs> <laughs> and then on the high end of the shame, okay, uh, be mortified. And that that's kind of a dramatic term nowadays, but like literally you feel like you could die, okay? Yeah. Um, dishonored, disgraced, worthless, remorseful, well, this might sorrowful. Come, this might come around um, infidelity or right. addictions any, any, or anything, you've anything that's ha- been yeah. hidden. That betrayal. Is, yeah, a betrayal. And so what does this tell us on how to respond from a gospel-centered, mm. Christ-centered approach? So ashamed. You are not, like there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Right. Yes, you're a sinner. That much is true. What's also true is you are saved by grace alone, through faith right. alone, in Christ alone. And he, you are he, you are unstealable from his grasp. Right. And, just be, and we will have to walk through the consequences yes. Yes. of the sin but you are not alone in that. God has not abandoned you in that. God is with you even mm-hmm. more so in terms of healing and redemption in dealing with the consequences. And to, to reference what you were saying about kind of always feeling like you had to apologize all the time for things, um, like walking in your identity in Christ right. and your identity is somebody made in the image of God. Yeah, I would absolutely say that's something that is a, a present struggle. You cannot be ashamed shame. of your existence. Yeah, because I... That's exactly it. I definitely you don't apologize for being. <laughs> well, I don't. I'm not apologizing for my existence, but I don't want to apologize for my life. Um, that you know, yeah. what we choose to do or what we don't choose to do, or you know, it's like you kind of feel like you want to. I want to please everyone, and so, but it's like I don't need to. <laughs> yeah, and you don't need to um, 
kind of head them off at the pass and because you're anticipating how they're going to respond right. to it's a pri- yeah and there's pride in there too for sure so god is working on me people let right. it be known let it be known yeah me too i, I want in on that <laughs> 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 okay so these charts like i said they'll be available um you'll probably we'll probably put a link in the show notes of this that will link to the fierce blog and we'll have these charts kind of embedded in there um but i hope this this has been helpful there's actually another really cool tool that we didn't get to it's called the plutchik wheel of emotions <laughs> and um p-l-u-t-c-h-i-k it's actually more interact interactive in that you can click on the, the various things and see kind of what that emotion is might be telling you and how that emotion might help you yeah uh, one of the things that um this author that we read earlier i can't I forget Kellerman, his name dr. Kel- yeah, dr kellerman said is that uh emotions exist um to put us into motion. In other words, like God mm. has given us emotions to kind of tell us something about how he might want us to respond or act or act in faith or, or even just mm. respond in general. Right. So good. And so emotions do tell us something. If I'm feeling remorseful, like what is that telling me? Hmm. Yeah. I need to repent. Maybe sure. If I'm feeling afraid, what is that telling me that maybe I need to get out of danger? Okay. Sure. That's the physiological side. Or maybe I need to just run to God or run to my spouse mm. or run to hope. Yeah. Okay. So they are telling us something. So um, there's a lot there. These tools will be available in the show notes. Um, and I, I don't know, let's, let's couples conversation challenge. I think there was a lot covered here. Um, I don't know, go to this, the show note, find this, these charts and maybe grab this chart with the five primary emotions and just talk through how that, how that might help you yeah. communicate to one another more effectively in your marriage. You have witnessed it live on this podcast (laughs) episode selena was a hardcore skeptic like 45 minutes ago and now she is she wants to talk almost a believer we're gonna go out to lunch and it's gonna be nothing but emotions (laughs) just you wait (laughs) all right do you want to pray for us sure god thank you so much for the ability to understand our emotions thank you for emotions uh you've given them to us may we be wise with them Uh, and also lord as a speaker, as somebody trying to communicate something to a spouse, Lord, give us grace, give us wisdom, give us uh, guidance and soften the hearts of the spouses listening. Uh, pray that we would continue to be quick to listen, to be slow to speak, to filter through our words, our tones, our motivations. Holy Spirit, just know us and guide us uh, and counsel us in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. Before we close it out, I just want to mention one more time, our new online learning platform called Gospel Centered Marriage is live and available for you. And if you go there, you'll find our six-week core marriage course, which we cover the kind of the foundational bedrock parts of every marriage based on scripture. And then there's also an enrichment library where we can you can mm-hmm. go through things like we actually just finished a course called um, Seven Boundaries for Affair Proofing Your Marriage. Mm-hmm. Um, that'll be a mini course that's live in the next few weeks. We have one in there. It's five keys to a healthy perspective on sex or five truths, yeah. rather. We have another one that's on habits. We're working on community. one on community. Yeah. Uh, like ha- coming from a, a divorced home, we're doing that one with Ron Deal. That'll be an amazing. We're interviewing wow. him next week on that. So we're constantly adding to this library. Uh, and if you get on board, you'll get ev- access to everything as we add it for the entire year. And we'd love to have you in there. Just go to gospelcenteredmarriage.com. It's all there waiting for you so that you can thrive in your marriage. So with that said, this episode of the Fierce Marriage Podcast is... In the can. Thanks, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you again in about seven days. Until then... Stay fierce. <laughs> Nice.
Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care. Thank you.